is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Now, the president is deploying the National Guard. We talked about this yesterday. What he's doing is not extraordinary. It's extraordinary to the media. It's extraordinary to the political uh, munchkins who, uh, who are in Congress and elsewhere. But it's not extraordinary. It's been done recently by Obama and George W. Bush. And no, they cannot arrest and detain and do all the things that law enforcement would do. I told you about the Posse Comitatus Law. And we don't want the military doing that sort of thing. But what they can do is relieve the Border Patrol of some of their other responsibilities. So the Border Patrol is free to do all those things. And that's good. And that's what the president's doing. We're getting mixed reports about this caravan. It broke up. It didn't break up. It's on its way. It turned around. The Mexicans are helping it. The Mexicans turned it around. So we'll see. It's almost a, uh, well, for the president, he has to put his marker down. He has to draw the line and make it abundantly clear that this isn't going to be tolerated. But truth be told, uh, 1,000, 1,200, that many people get into this country, uh, you know, every two or three days, we get four or five hundred and so forth. But all that said, uh, until something breaks that we don't know about, there's nothing else to say about it. I know I'm a little different. I just don't beat a dead horse. There's nothing else to say about it. Turns out the shooter at the YouTube headquarters uh, was not going there to kill her boyfriend as many reports had last night, and as I warned you, I'm just reading what the news says, and things can change, and they did. Uh, She was a nut, obsessed with YouTube, a victim, of course, and that was that. Very sad, but done. Now, there are other things going on here that are also important. I don't know if I'm the only one, but I'm certainly among a very few who've been calling out this Trey Gowdy now for a long time. He's not particularly smart. He's often wrong. And in his short career in the House of Representatives, I don't know what he's done other than give a few good speeches where talk show hosts and TV guys can play it and say, wow, that's good. He didn't lead the battle to get rid of Boehner. He didn't lead the battle to cut spending. He didn't lead the battle to fund the military. He hasn't led the battle to secure the border. He was put in charge of the Benghazi Special Committee. Disaster. I I don't know what all the praise is for this guy. Some of these politicians are better at media than others. And he's one of them, like Lindsey Graham. But Trey Gowdy is all over the place. He's on CNN today, giving out really stupid advice. Well, he's a former federal prosecutor. So what? Got 50,000 former federal prosecutors out there. Not against them. I'm not for them. But everyone's different. Some are smarter than others. Some are better than others. So he's on CNN today giving the president really stupid advice. Stupid advice. 
let's listen to this on whether or not the president should sit down with Mueller. Now, keep this in mind. Mueller has created these traps. His people have created these traps. Trying to get people on these really idiotic false statements and so forth on, on issues that are not even close to being central to his investigative purpose. And so he collects all this information from all these people, all these, in many cases, nobodies, and in some cases, somebodies. And he and his team of Democrat prosecutors get to decide if they're going to charge somebody or not. And in this politically whipped up environment for the media and the Democrats and many Republicans, simply being charged is guilt. Simply being charged is guilt. There is not a defense lawyer worth his salt or her salt anywhere in the country that would suggest that the president sit down with these prosecutors and have a discussion with them. When they are laying in wait. When that story broke in the Washington Compost last night, the president is not under a criminal, he's not a criminal target, but he's a subject of our investigation. I told you that was big news. He got people, well, he's not a criminal target. That's great. They leaked that purposely. Now, why did they leak that purposely? Why did they leak that purposely? Because they're getting around the president's lawyers and they're communicating with the president directly. Hey, look, you're not under criminal investigation. The president, yeah, yeah, see, I told you. No, no, no. You're just the subject of the investigation. We've got all kinds of subjects we have to talk to. You're just another one. What's the big deal? If you're innocent, talk to us. It's a sucker's play. It is a sucker's play. I don't know how many talk show hosts are lawyers, but I happen to be one. And this is good advice to you. You don't just walk into something like that. And unfortunately, it appears that Lieutenant General Mike Flynn did exactly that. And I suspect he... He he regrets it immensely. So in this context, I want you to listen to Trey Grouty on CNN because, you know, he's not running for re-election, so he can really show who he is. Cut six, go. I I do think he should sit down um, with Special Counsel Mueller. I think he's uniquely well-positioned to answer some of the questions that that not just Special Counsel, but also the American people have. Well, when you sit down... Is this guy dumb? When you sit down with the special counsel, you're not sitting down with the American people. It has nothing to do with sitting down and speaking to the American people. It has everything to do with sitting down and speaking to people who do not have your best interests. And they've made that clear by their own actions and they're leaking. Go ahead. I don't think those terms target versus subject the only word that matters to me in the criminal justice system is defendant uh so if you're not a defendant whether you're the target or whether you're the subject i, I know the fbi gets really caught up in those two now let's words. let's stop a second it's not semantics it's not semantics i've been there i've seen what the fbi has done i've seen what prosecutors have done when i worked at the justice department there is a difference a target is somebody who they intend to indict. A subject is somebody who, if they get enough evidence, 
they will indict. So the president needs to be very, very careful. A defendant, or a defendant, as I like to call them. You're not a defendant. That's a very narrow description, or a very narrow label that Mr. Gowdy's giving out there. You're not a defendant unless you're indicted. You're not a defendant unless you're indicted. Go ahead. Um, as a former federal prosecutor, they're meaningless to me because one witness can take you from being a subject to a target. And- exactly. That's why they're not meaningless. Certainly not for a potential defendant. Go ahead. And, and unless and until you've interviewed everyone and looked at everything... Um, no one has been implicated and no one has been exculpated. Exactly. Another reason the president should not be speaking to the prosecutors. Exactly. He hasn't been exculpated. And they keep leaking stuff. Go ahead. Um, those words, I read the articles and I just kind of smile because it's meaningless to me. Isn't it risky for the president to sit down with Mueller, Sam? Do I think he will? No, it's isn't risky. it risky? Um, only he knows what he knows. No, 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 but, but you see, it's not a matter of only he knows what he knows. How did the hell this guy get through law school? I, I, I'm quite serious about this. It's that the prosecutor knows where the prosecutor wants to go. The president can't possibly know that. And that's why it's so easy to set somebody up. If you have a prosecutor who you believe has integrity, and if he has a staff that you believe is truly impartial and trying to get to the bottom of things, I still wouldn't recommend it, but then Trey Gowdy might make some sense. But in this case, it's not the case. It's not a matter of what Donald Trump knows. It's a matter of what the prosecutor tries to do to Donald Trump. You see what he's already done with these little fish? It's got people, one guy going to jail for 30 days and a $20,000 fine. You know, when you're running a real prosecutor's office and you have limited resources and you're trying to decide who to chase and who to prosecute and all the rest of it, you don't waste your time with stuff like that. It's the other thing. Gowdy's not explaining. You have a prosecutor here who has a single purpose. A single purpose. To go after your president. Go ahead. So I would tell you, if you did not rob the bank, there's no reason for you not to sit down and talk to the FBI. About this is the really uh, hilarious. If you did not rob the bank. Is that what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen? Is that why people are are pleading guilty to false statements and so forth because they, in effect, robbed the bank and didn't say they robbed the bank? What if your memory's faulty? You're the candidate, after all. You're the president of the United States. Before that, you were the president-elect. You're meeting zillions of people. You're having zillions of discussions. You can't even remember if you met XYZ. Certainly don't remember on what day and so forth. You know what a crafty prosecutor can do with that? You're saying you never talked to this guy? I don't remember talking to him. And they already spoke to the... To the person, I spoke to the president five times. Here are the dates and times. Here's a video. Oh, so he did speak to this guy, but he didn't remember five times. 
He didn't remember five times. Now, why didn't he remember? Could it be? You know, that sort of thing. So it's not a matter of you didn't rob the bank, then you shouldn't have a problem sitting down and saying you didn't rob the bank. Now, if the question is, Mr. President, did you collude with the Russians? He can sit down and say, no, I didn't collude with the Russians. But that's not the kind of question he's going to be asked. That is, whether he colluded or robbed a bank. So I'm saying this guy's bad. Just terrible. Go ahead. So only he knows what he knows. He's been adamant. Uh, that his campaign did not collude with anyone, including other segments of his campaign. To now, get look up. how he changed that. From what Trump knows to what his campaign knows to what segments of his campaign knows. This guy's supposed to be an ally of the president. Look, look what he just did. Now, the president doesn't know everything that his campaign did. He doesn't know everybody who was in his campaign, everybody who claims to have been in his campaign, let alone elements associated with his campaign, spoken like somebody who wants to set up the president. Gowdy's making the case against the president sitting down for an interview. Go ahead. Certain states. So if you've done nothing wrong, I, I, I look, I know I'm in the minority. Most of the so-called legal experts are telling him not to do it. If, if you have nothing to hide, sit down, assuming a fair prosecutor, a fair prosecutor, and I think Mueller is, Sit down and tell him what you know. It's not a matter of sitting down and telling him what you know. It's a matter of being caught in a memory lapse, not recollecting something, something being twisted. We've already seen it in the case of Lieutenant General Flynn. And notice Mr. Mueller doesn't talk about Lieutenant General Flynn. And Mr. Uh, that is rather, uh, Mr. Gowdy doesn't talk about Lieutenant General Flynn. And we've seen what the top levels of the FBI have done. We've seen what the top levels of the Department of Justice have done. We know what Mr. Mueller's reputation is in the anthrax case, which Mr. Gowdy never discussed, ever. We know about his right-hand man, Weissman, who's been admonished by federal judges, which Mr. Gowdy never mentions. He just keeps saying the prosecutor's fair. I think Mueller's fair. Let him do his job. And, and Trump and his lawyers ought to throw Trump right in front of him. And he didn't rob the bank, you know. Just get it out. He didn't rob the bank. Is that what caught Michael Flynn? No. Nothing to do with robbing a bank. Nothing to do with collusion. It's not that simple, and he knows it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Quickly, sir, go. Yes. Hello? Hey. Yes, sir. Go right ahead. Okay. Hey, listen, um, I can't believe what Trey Gowdy's saying. I've been in criminal defense since 1984, and I've never heard a federal prosecutor recommend, like, especially when they're not the federal prosecutor, recommend that somebody go talk to somebody and that there's a target situation. Even with the Castigar letter under Rule 11, you, get, you could have a potential problem because that leads to other information that they may not have. Mm-hmm. Explain everyone what you mean by Castigar. I know what you meant within the Ollie North trial, among others. Go ahead. 
Right. In those situations, what you have is a letter that the prosecution gives you that basically is kind of a use immunity uh, mm-hmm. letter that says any information that you give them that they have that they cannot be used against you. That they won't use it against you, but they have ways around that, don't they? Yes, sir, they do. And that's exactly what he's facing. He needs to be listening to his lawyers if they're giving that advice. I've always thought Trey Gowdy was a little bit suspect. If I ever had any doubts about it, that absolutely removed any doubts that I had that he is on the other team. His comments are like the comments of a simpleton. I mean, I'm, I'm listening to this, and I'm going, if you didn't rob the bank, then just say you didn't rob the bank. It's not that simple, is it, Counselor? No, sir, not at all. It's unbelievable what he said. In fact, it's, it's, almost, it's almost an idiot statement that you hear from some layperson that says, well, if you haven't done anything wrong, why don't you let him search your house? Yeah, I, I, I just wonder how many, what kind of cases he's prosecuted and what kind. I mean, I've never really looked. Maybe he was the greatest prosecutor in the history of South Carolina. Yeah, that's but, what I understood. But I'll tell you one thing. He certainly would be a hell of a bad defense lawyer. Yeah, he'd be a hell of a bad defense lawyer. I mean, and of course, the president has lawyers who aren't prosecutors, right? He has lawyers who are, have that's their purpose to protect his liberty. And that is, that's what's so amazing about this is that Trey Gowdy didn't even need to make a statement, but yet he comes out trying to push the president into a situation where he's going to be, you know, in trouble for 18 U.S.C. 1001. False statement. All right, Counselor, excellent call. You're, of course, quite right. Thank you. We'll be right back. You're listening to Denali. The Great One. The Great One. And you can call in now. 877-381-3811. So, uh, no Republican president should ever appoint Trey Gowdy to any significant prosecutorial position at the United States Department of Justice. He has revealed himself as being a knucklehead. An absolute knucklehead. And there's even more to demonstrate this point. Uh, I have a buddy, Bill Jacobson, a professor, a law professor, who will be on the program next hour. He runs a wonderful website called Legal Insurrection, so he'll dig into this more thoroughly. But we have, as you know, if you listen to this program, Paul Manafort's lawyers, his legal team. They went into federal court, and they said, look, Mueller does not have authority. He doesn't have authority to charge our guy in all these areas that have nothing to do with the campaign and collusion. We have a constitutional system. The officer here is the Attorney General of the United States. He's recused himself for a very specific reason involving a very specific subject. The Deputy Attorney General does not have the power to effectively seize control from the Attorney General and then confer additional power by expanding uh, uh, Mueller's investigation into areas where the Attorney General is not recused. Now, we've talked about that. Now, as it's written up here at Law and Crime, Paul Manafort's legal team is fighting in court to get his indictment dismissed based on the legal theory that Mueller doesn't have authority to prosecute him in the first place. And they claim that Mueller's team overstepped the authority granted to him by indicting Manafort with crimes that were not directly related to Russian election meddling. And I have to think they're quite right. Late Monday evening, Mueller's team fired back with their own response. They pointed to the May 2017 appointment order, which says that Mueller can investigate any links and or coordination between the Russian government and individuals associated with the campaign of President Trump. Any matters that arose or may arise directly from the investigation, 
and any other matters within the scope of 28 CFR section, uh, what doesn't matter. As we pointed out, the last part refers to a regulation that says the special counsel will be provided with a specific factual statement of the matter to be investigated. Mueller contends that he didn't skirt the regulation here because he did indeed receive a specific factual statement of the matter to be investigated from Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. That Rosenstein memo that they provided to the federal judge, heavily, heavily redacted, was revealed in court on Monday. The memo gives Mueller a specific description of his authority and states that he can investigate Paul Manafort for any crimes arising out of payments he received for the Ukrainian government before and during the tenure of President Viktor Yanchekov. And that's pretty much what Manafort was indicted for, they write. But here's the weird part of this. I'm reading from their column. The Rosenstein secret memo revealed in this week's court filing is dated August 2, 2017. Okay? August 2, 2017. According to media reports, Paul Manafort's home was raided July 26, 2017. A week earlier. So that means Rosenstein's laid out the more specific scope and definition of authority for the special counsel investigation a week after Manafort's home had already been raided. What does this mean legally? Well, I'll tell you what it means legally to me. After Mueller exercised investigative powers, forcefully, by the way, with guns drawn by the FBI going into the apartment of Manafort and his wife while they were in bed at 6 in the morning, reportedly. They went through the stuff. And then they went back to the Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein and got the specific statement they felt they needed and or wanted. You follow what I'm saying? Is this okay, Mr. Producer? Am I explaining it in plain English? So... In other words, the specific language, the specific language that was used and is required only came after they had already expanded their investigation, Mueller did, based on information that they found and have used in Manafort's condominium. So the secret Rosenstein memo specifically states the following allegations were within the scope of the investigation at the time of Mueller's appointment on May 17, 2017. Are they now are within the scope of the order? No, they're not. If that's true, why did Rosenstein wait three months to write his memo? Three months he waits to write the memo with the specifics. So Mueller's lying. Rosenstein's lying. And yet the federal judge, you know what she did the other day? She started to pound away on Manafort's lawyers. Why are we here? Why are you filing this stuff? Suggesting it was frivolous. Suggesting it was frivolous. And I want to discuss this with my law professor, buddy, Bill Jacobson, who was the first to, to point out to me what took place. Because to me, this is hardly frivolous. This gets to the nub of the matter, doesn't it? 
I wonder what Trey Gowdy thinks. Well, you know, by the way, I'm reminded that Trey Gowdy gave the nomination speeches twice. Twice for John Boehner. Twice for John Boehner. While, uh, while the conservatives in the House were trying to get rid of Boehner. So just so you understand, that's who Trey Gowdy really is. So Gowdy gave the nomination speeches twice for Boehner to be Speaker of the House. That's where his loyalty lies. That's why I said the guy really hasn't done a damn thing. Guy really hasn't done a damn thing. I'm President of the United States. I not only don't listen to him, I ignore him. All right. See if there's any other interesting points on this, and then we're going to move along because I want to hit it again in an hour or two with my uh, my friend, Professor uh, William Jacobson. Let us go to Lou in Connecticut on the Mark Levin app, our friend Lou. How are you? Good, Mark. Uh, Gotti is, has a horrible track record um, of getting uh, things accomplished in the oversight committees. He's a piece of garbage. The president has to stop being bullheaded on this issue and listen to good legal advice. Now, you're a former cop, right? I got subpoenaed after I retired, believe it or not. Now, I've been involved in grand jury proceedings and, you know, many times, Mark, uh, not only as a witness, but in, in, in federal task forces. And uh, I know how it's played. I got subpoenaed after I got retired on a case. I was only a witness. <clears throat> and I, it's sort of humor, uh, uh, humorous, but I I tried to avoid the subpoena, and I led uh, a couple of FBI agents on a little bit of a jaunt. <laughs> I made right. them earn the delivery. But anyway. So um, what happened? I had to have, two, I had to have a two-hour sit-down first. I brought arguably one of the top five criminal defense attorneys with me in the state because I knew there was the potential they could turn whatever I said or whatever I forgot around on me. And I was only a witness. And uh, it was well, let's stop right there so people understand, because most people haven't confronted this. See, the concern here, ladies and gentlemen, is you have people in front of you who may have an agenda. You have people in front of you who may not be calling balls and strikes. You have people in front of you who may not get the facts straight. And yet if they pull the trigger and bring charges against you, your entire life is ruined right there and then. So you have a lot to worry about. Now, some people deserve it. I mean, we have real criminals out there. You know, somebody robs a bank. That's a wholly different story. But if somebody is hanging on your every syllable to try and figure out if they can find a way to claim you made a false statement. And by the way, in the case of Trump, also in this report that Mueller says he's going to produce, which is an outrage, an absolute outrage, that a prosecutor can then put together a report and then condemn a politician, the President of the United States, to set him up for impeachment. We've talked about this many times. It's an absolute outrage. More reason not to talk to him. Right, Lou? Absolutely. When I got into the grand jury proceeding, uh, it was pretty contentious. And the AUSA was not happy with my testimony. Because Assistant U.S. It Attorney. Went against, it went against their narrative. And they were trying to target their investigation was a very prominent criminal defense attorney was representing a lowlife, and they were alleging he was colluding with criminal activity, 
And, and in my heart, I know he wasn't. And my testimony went against their collusion theory. And what they ended up doing is smeared this man, and he lost a judgeship as a result. All right. All right, Lou, I appreciate your call. Look, all prosecutors aren't bad. All witnesses and defendants, as Gowdy says, are not good. I'm talking about the specific case, President of the United States. No, he should not sit down and have a discussion with Mueller and his team because his team, we know many of them are miscreants. What did Mark say? That's right, this guy Weissman in particular. And so is Mueller. I want to know from Trey Gowdy what he thought about the anthrax investigation led by Mueller, the FBI director. I want to know from Trey Gowdy why the man who Mueller targeted for five years had his life ruined, his family ruined, finally got over $5 million in a settlement with the Justice Department, our tax dollars. I want to know what Trey Gowdy thought of that. I want to know what Trey Gowdy thinks about the fact that Mueller has never even apologized to the man. You know, I think uh, Mueller is uh, it's a good guy. I think he's honest. I think, yeah, yeah. I think the president ought to sit down with him and you didn't rob a bank. Yeah, I didn't say I didn't rob a bank. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, uh, Obviously, tax day's coming. Now, I have to pay my taxes throughout the year. How this got to be a system where you have to pay taxes throughout the year, I'll never know. Then you got your payroll deductions, like most of you. Started in World War II, it never ended. But I can't figure all this tax stuff out. Can most of you? Oh, we've simplified the taxes. I haven't simplified a damn thing. Unless you don't pay any taxes, then it gets very simple. Like almost 50% of our fellow citizens. That must be cool. I've been paying taxes since I was 16 years old, Mr. Producer. How do you get away with not paying any taxes? How does that work? I, I, I don't know. But uh, apparently people do at both ends of the spectrum. But my tax return is 45 pages long, Rich. 45 pages long. So I got to look at it over the weekend. So that's what I'm doing this weekend. How about you folks? I love a company like Casper that believes in its mattress so much that they're giving you 100 nights to try it in your own home. That's just one reason. Another is how its unique combination of foams provides the right pressure relief and alignment so you feel perfectly balanced and comfortable. They also ship for free. And how did they do that size box? If you don't love it, they'll come pick it up and give you a full refund. And when the choice is to test a mattress by sleeping on it for over three months in the privacy of your own home or trying one in a store, a mall, a strip mall, and so forth, it's a no-brainer. Take Casper's 100-night sleep challenge, and you're guaranteed to get a great night's sleep every night, like I do on my Casper. Right now, when you go to casper.com slash mark and use code mark, you'll save 50 bucks on a select mattress. That's code mark at casper.com slash mark to save $50 on select mattresses. You really ought to check it out. 
Terms and conditions apply. Do what I tell you. I know you're going to like this. And here's what I mean. Take the mattress you have. Lean it up against the wall. Order the Casper. Put it on the bed. And you tell me what you think. That's what I did. I didn't really need a new mattress. I said, okay, let me check this out. And I've never changed it since. Then I got them for family members. My kids. Uncle. Then I saw they had them for dogs. I said, okay. Got one for my barn. Got two for my son. Those two huskies and so forth. So I strongly recommend them. I really do. All you have to do is go to casper.com slash mark and put in code mark. A lot of marks there. It's really quite simple. All right. Let's see what's cooking out here. Let us go to... Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Charles, Staten Island, New York, the great WABC. Go. Hey, Mark. How you doing? I'm a, I've been listening since day one. Thank you, sir, very much. I'm a, a long guy. time ago. Oh, yeah, when you and Hannity used to be together, I used to uh, listen all the time. But anyway, um, we know we know that um, they got Flynn on a wiretap with uh, Carter Page. And, that, and that's, how, that's how they got him, right? Well, they got him through, uh, I don't know if it was a wiretap, but surveillance. Yes, correct. Surveillance. So we, we, talking now, we don't know if it was the FISA. In fact, I don't think it was. We don't know for sure, but it was probably... Uh, what a routine uh, uh, effort to uh, listen in on the uh, the the ambassador to Russia, and then of course when an American is is caught, quote unquote, on the uh, when they're listening in on the surveil, and uh, what the law requires is that uh, that name be redacted, the name not be written down, and so forth and so on. But what we had is people unmasking the names. And in the case of Michael Flynn, leaking his name. But how do we know that they didn't get the president on some on some surveillance? <clears throat> well, they we may have. That? It's a good point. They may well have. That could, that could be why they want. That could be the trap. They could get the, him the that same. could be a trap, or the trap could be simply uh, trying to catch him in a uh, in a misstatement in a, in a lapse of memory, and then. Uh, uh, juxtapose that to uh, one of these people who they've who they've pressed, who they've squeezed to plead to a lesser offense, it's and they'll continue to squeeze them and pressure them uh, to disagree with the president. Is it dangerous for him to, to do that? He, yeah, he know. shouldn't do it. No. What the, what his lawyers and some of them have been trying apparently to say? All right, you write down your questions. We'll give you the answers. There's no there's no crime. There's, no, there's not even evidence of a crime. I know, but you see these process crimes, right? Right, right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. There's no, I mean, uh, there's no All evidence right, my of friend. a real crime. That's correct. The president has not committed a real crime. Thank you for your call. Thanks for listening forever. Brian, Baltimore, the great WCBM. Go. Hey, Mark. Um, I got a, a point that... that re-ups or revalidates your point, reinforces it, and a question if time permits. Um, I heard on another show, uh, I don't know if it was your show or another show, but this was, I heard in a past, an FBI agent called in who worked in Mueller's FBI and explained how someone he knew was taken out of the job and prosecuted for a process crime because when he gave his answer, he talked to them, 
under the guise of nothing's going, you know, nothing wrong. Sit down, talk to us. She didn't do anything wrong. He said something to the effect of, I went somewhere in a red car. Well, according to the manufacturer, that car is not red. That car is sunset maroon or something like that. You mm-hmm. lied. You're fired, and we're hemming you up. That's the trap that's being laid for the president right now. And if I agree with he you. doesn't remember something from the past, mm-hmm. you know, the way that they have it on tape, he, they're going to get him. That, you and people him. need to remember, this is Comey's buddy. That in, in addition, that article in the Washington Post talked about uh, how Mueller may say that the president attempted obstruction of justice. So he's the enemy. you got to look at him as the enemy. You don't just sit there and talk to the enemy. Thank you, buddy. We'll be back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark LEVIN. Everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Well, the president has now signed the proclamation, um, sending the National Guard to the border to back up the Border Patrol. And that's how it works. There's no question about it. That's how it works. And that's a good thing. We have so many politicians now and others in this country who are advocates for absolute lawlessness when it comes to immigration. And they show up on TV. It's usually the same people. Some of them even have dual citizenship, like Jorge Ramos has dual citizenship. I don't like dual citizenship. I just don't. Anyway, since almost none of you watch MSLSD because you're smart and you have a life and they're nuts and they don't, I want you to hear what was taking place to some extent on that network today. On the sad anniversary of the assassination of Martin Luther King. I remember that day as a kid. It was horrible. Here's Al Sharpton on MSNBC. Now, Al Sharpton shouldn't be on any TV network, should he? Anybody ever boycott him? No, apparently not. And he's on the Scarborough show. Caught one, go. 
I think what people really don't understand, for thus, those of us that grew up in the King movement and the generation after King, is that we mark the 50th anniversary with the challenges that we have a president that has made this kind of racial divide and intoler uh, intolerance become vogue again. Because when you look at what Donald Trump is doing around pet questions of people of color, Mexicans, blacks, Muslims, he has reintroduced what Dr. King's life was again. He's taken us back. Taking us really back. years or further. Oh, shut up, you two idiots. Taking us back 50 years or thir- further. How so exactly? How so exactly? How's he taking us back 50 years or further? Now, Donald Trump has proposed giving 1.8 million illegal aliens citizenship against my strong objections and many of yours. And many of them, if not a majority, are illegal aliens from Mexico. Barack Obama didn't even propose that. That's how radical Trump's proposal was, and in my view, wrong. So was Barack Obama racist? Was Barack Obama sending us back 50 years? And what is it that Donald Trump has done to people of color? Can you name one thing that Donald Trump has done to people of color? His economic policies, at least up to this point, have led to the lowest unemployment rate among black Americans in modern recorded history. What did Obama do? And what exactly is it that Trump has done to Muslims in this country? Absolutely nothing. He wants to make sure that people don't come to this country from other countries. They can't vet people who are, who are coming here from war-torn countries, from countries with civil wars. Does that mean you're anti-Muslim? You know who's anti-Muslim? The Muslims overseas who are slaughtering Muslims. They're anti-Muslim. And so this is the propaganda. It goes on and on and on. They create these myths. And this is how they paint somebody. Now, wasn't that long ago when Donald Trump was a Democrat? Wasn't that long ago when he was donating to Democrats? He wasn't a racist then. He wasn't anti-color people of color, Mexicans, blacks, Muslims. So what's changed? What's changed is he's now president of the United States. He wants to secure the border. He wants to keep the nation safe. And that includes American Muslims, American blacks, American Hispanics. And for Joe Scarborough to say he's taking us back 50 years or further, the man is a detestable miscreant. He is a demagogue. He is a hack. And he gets paid to be a schmo. Then there's Ben Jealous, the former CEO of the NAACP. He's running for governor of Maryland. He's also on MSNBC. Like I said, this is MSNBC today. He's also on MSNBC. Trump has stoked the flames of white supremacy. Trump has stoked the flames of white supremacy. Cut to go. You know, it's it's funny. Uh, I've worked with Newt Gingrich to uh, shrink prisons in Georgia. Uh, worked with Tea Party members in in Texas to shrink their prisons as well. Now let's start. I don't know what they mean by shrink prisons. 
Does that mean let bad guys get out? What do they mean by shrink prisons? Go ahead. Donald Trump is the first Republican I've met who I couldn't find one thing, just one thing we could possibly agree on in a very long time. Why? Could it be you, that you're a radical leftist? Could it be you, that you're a radical leftist? Did you support his economic policies, these tax cuts in particular, quite frankly, on the corporate side, not so much on the individual side? Did you support those? Mr. Jealous? Now, keep in mind, this guy's running as a Democrat, and he's running against Hogan, the liberal Republican governor of Maryland. So it's not like he's some objective civil rights leader. He's a partisan. Otherwise, he wouldn't be on MSNBC. If he had anything good to say about Trump, he wouldn't be on MSNBC. Go ahead. Literally the antithesis of everything Dr. King stood for. You know, King said that the great evils were uh, poverty and militarism um, and racism. And on those things, Donald Trump is literally 180 degrees. He's all- well, that's interesting because Martin Luther King's niece supports Trump. So you don't speak for Martin Luther King. You have different members of his family that may have different positions, but you don't speak for him. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's all about military might, just for military might. He's destabilizing our world. So, and- ladies and gentlemen, Trump is for military might just to be for military might. This guy is, is, is demonstrating uh, what a hack he is. He's destabilizing our world. Not the Chinese or the North Koreans. Not the Russians or the Iranians. Not the Cubans or the Venezuelans, and I mean their governments. No, no, no. Trump is destabilizing the world. Go ahead. You know, and he stoked the flames of white supremacy in this country in a way, I, frankly, I thought I would never see an American president He hasn't do. stoked the flames of white supremacy in this country. I know they try and say Charlottesville is Trump stoking the flames of white supremacy. He hasn't stoked the flames of white supremacy in this country. Tom Perez is the head of the DNC. He was also on MSNBC today by purpose, not by accident. As they continue their drumbeat on this preposterous carbon footprint called MSNBC. Cut three, go. He talked about how... Of this all is Martin Luther King he's talking about. Go ahead. He talked about how of all the inequalities, inequality in health care was one of the worst. And so you see, basically, folks, if you're not a leftist, you don't support the leftist agenda, you don't support open borders, you don't support letting prisoners out of prison, if you don't support uh, more big government... Well, then you're a racist, then you're stoking white supremacy, and, uh, of course, um, you're doing things that are opposite of what Martin Luther King would do. Go ahead. For access to health care is a right for all, not a privilege for a few. That's the best way we can do this. And, and for me, as now head of the... Well, then Democrat- Obama failed, because Obamacare is a disaster. It promotes inequality, quote-unquote, in health care. Obamacare, many people are suffering as a result of Obamacare. Go ahead. 
most important way to put all of those imperatives into action is to get people to vote, which is why our signature initiative for 2018 is I will vote. I had the privilege of enforcing the Voting Rights Act, and I see all the efforts in suppressing the vote, especially. Sure, sure. Everybody's out there suppressing the vote. If you want to actually have voting lists that are accurate and includes American citizens only, you're suppressing the vote, you see. Uh, if you want to ensure that there's at least some standard, some level of vetting before somebody can vote, obviously you're a racist and you don't want people to vote. If you want to secure the border so people don't come in here who aren't supposed to come in here and ultimately don't vote, well, obviously you hate people of color. This is just so pathetic. And yet it is just accepted because you have an outfit. Now, keep in mind, MSNBC is part of NBC, and NBC is part of Comcast. This is a big corporation. It is a huge corporation. And people say corporations are conservative. No, they're not. The vast majority of corporations are for big government, and they're not conservative. They don't believe in the free market. They don't believe in honest competition. And it is they who fund cable networks like MSNBC, where you bring in a guy like Al Sharpton, Ben Jealous, and Tom Perez, who say the most hateful, dishonest things imaginable about somebody. So if you do not embrace the agenda of Sharpton, Jealous, and Perez, you're a racist, or you're stoking the flames of white supremacy, or any number of things they want to pin on you. Any number of things they want to pin on you. And there's Joe Scarborough sitting there encouraging it. Because he's a clown. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. And welcome to the program, Professor William Jacobson, who runs an outstanding website, LegalInsurrection.com. Bill, how are you, sir? Good, how are you? Very good. Now, you, uh, you've really written an excellent piece here, uh, which kind of started the ball rolling, on the Rosenstein, who's the Deputy Attorney General of the United States, not the Attorney General of the United States. And what is the gist of this piece that you think is really quite significant? Right. Well, it was just announced that Rod Rosenstein on August 2 of 2017 had confirmed with Robert Mueller that Mueller's investigation and appointment included things related to Paul Manafort, the former campaign person for Trump, who was there for a relatively short time. And Manafort, of course, has been indicted and is being prosecuted by Mueller for things that have nothing to do with the campaign, nothing to do with Russian collusion, nothing to do with any of those. And then I thought about it, and that's being used, that August 2 memo, to sort of justify what Mueller has been doing. Because a lot of people, I've been doing it, I think you probably share the view, are concerned that Mueller has run amok, that he's just essentially roving the landscape looking for a crime uh, instead of sticking to what he was appointed. And his original appointment on May 17 was very clear that it related to the investigation of alleged Russian collusion and Russian interference in the campaign. So everyone's wondering, why is he going after Paul Manafort for things that happened several years ago, long before the campaign, that have nothing to do with the campaign? Why is he doing this? 
And people say, well, he was authorized by Rod Rosenstein on August 2. And then I thought about it, and I said, wait a second. By August 2 of 2017, Robert Mueller's team was already going after uh, Paul Manafort. In fact, I looked it up. I didn't remember the date. A week before that, they had raided Manafort's home unannounced, I think at 5 in the morning, to seize documents. And I looked it up, and that happened on July 26. So the whole thing, I think, paints a very troubling picture. And the troubling picture is that uh, Robert Mueller has decided to go after somebody, you know, an American citizen who's entitled to whatever rights he's entitled to under uh, essentially pretenses of uh, authority that are highly questionable. And, And in my article at my website, I go through fairly methodically what the appointment was, how it was limited, and how it does not include things unrelated to the campaign or unrelated to Russia collusion. And so this paints a picture that's very troubling of a special prosecutor who has decided that he is going to go after crimes that have nothing to do with the reason why he was appointed. And of course, we've seen other people who he has indicted and convicted for the same thing. Uh, You know, Mike Flynn. Mike Flynn was convicted of allegedly lying about, or he pled guilty of lying about conversations that took place after the election, during the transition period. And this just goes to the whole issue of what is going on with this Robert Mueller investigation, and have there been appropriate restraints put on him? Now, this is, I think, essential, the point you're you're making, and... uh after the fact, then, he gets his original appointment in May, as you write, May 17th. He gets his appointment order from the Deputy Attorney General, who for only this purpose is the acting Attorney General, only for the purpose in which the actual Attorney General has recused himself. He has no authority to grab authority beyond Sessions' recusal. Isn't that correct? That's right. This has Rosenstein is only operating in the areas to which Jeff Sessions recused himself, which has to do with campaign-related investigations. It does. Jeff Sessions has not recused himself with regard to things that people did several years before the campaign and had nothing to do with the campaign. And Jeff Sessions has not conferred and cannot confer the authority of the Attorney General on the Deputy Attorney General, and the Deputy Attorney General does not have the power to seize it. And yet, to be perfectly blunt about it, it would appear to be the case. Let me make the point based on what you've written. So, in May, on May 17th, the Deputy Attorney General, acting as the Attorney General because Sessions recused himself, appoints Mueller, gives him his marching orders. Then... After Mueller has already gone well beyond his marching orders, he's gone outside the box by going into Manafort's home, as you say, five in the morning, six in the morning, his wife and he are in bed, the FBI has their guns drawn, they have a warrant, they spend ten hours there apparently collecting his suits and his information and his computers and so forth. Then a week later or so, then Rod Rosenstein, the acting attorney general, deputy attorney general, only, only for the purposes of the campaign, expands Mueller's authority to include what Mueller already did. Well, in some ways it's worse than that, because if you read this Rosenstein memo, and it's posted on my website, he acts like this was part of the original 
authority. Mm-hmm. But why would you have to go to him to get this paper, create this paper justification if it was already part of your authority? You would three months that. later. That's three right. months later. You're right. He and writes so this document no to cover. If yep. Mueller thought he had the authority to do these things, he wouldn't, after the fact, have to go to Rosenstein and essentially say, create a piece of paper which justifies what I've already done. It's like that thing where people say, it's, you know, it's easier to get forgiveness than permission. All right, Professor uh, Jacobson, I want you to hold on if you can. I want to pursue this a couple of more steps. We'll be right back. Meet to defend liberty and defeat tyranny. Call the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. You know, we, uh, I want to say as a side point, the extent to which the media and Republicans are going after the administrator of the EPA, I don't remember them ever doing this to a leftist who ran the EPA. And I can tell you this, again, Landmark Legal Foundation was thoroughly involved as a watchdog group in, uh, respecting the EPA, among other federal departments and agencies, and I can never remember stories like this. The reason they're going after this guy, the truth be told, is because he's solid. He may be the most solid cabinet member that the president has. And when you go over there at the EPA and you work at the EPA and you're a conservative, you are surrounded. And the bureaucracy's out to kill you. So uh, I just thought I'd point that out as an aside. You know, it's time to give your bathroom the cleaning it deserves. Get rid of all the junk that's lying around. Freshen it up with high-quality products from Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club delivers everything you need to look, smell, and feel your best. Razors, shea butter, shampoo, butter, uh, body wash, toothpaste, everything. I get an amazing high-quality shave using my Dollar Shave Club executive razor. And their Dr. Carver Shea Butter is fantastic. It goes on clear, so you see where you're actually shaving. And since DSC delivers everything to you, you don't have to set foot in a big store wandering the aisles, hunting for razors, shampoo, body wash, toothpaste, none of it. Clean up your bathroom and your morning routine. Join Dollar Shave Club today, just five bucks. With free shipping, you'll get the six-blade executive razor plus trial sizes of shea butter and body cleanser. Then keep the blades coming for a few bucks more a month. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash mark, dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. All right. I want to get back to Professor William Jacobson. Now, we have a federal judge. The Manafort lawyers, I think, have made a very strong case. And the federal judge all but told them the other day that what they were doing was utterly frivolous. She was disgusted by it. What do you make of that? Well, I... I guess that argument in court, there's been no ruling yet, but I only know the news reports of what happened. And the news reports are that the Manafort team, and just so your listeners understand, what he did is he he commenced a civil lawsuit to try to get a judge to halt the the Mueller investigation and to rule that the Mueller was improperly appointed. Apparently, and that was always going to be a long shot to go in an action rather than bringing that up in the criminal case. And he's brought that up in the criminal case, and there's no ruling it. But in the civil case, apparently the judge was fairly dismissive of it, and apparently Manafort's, according to these news reports, lawyers backed away from a lot of it. It was a very tough claim that he brought in civil court, in federal court, but a civil
essentially the same arguments, but a very different procedural posture. So they'll get a ruling. I don't think anybody expects that he will get the charges against him dismissed on the ground that Mueller was improperly appointed. I, don't, I just don't think a lot of people are expecting that. So uh, there's not a lot of high hope that he'll get out of this. But the, I think the important thing is this issue of Rosenstein essentially retroactively giving Mueller authority to go after Manafort should be very frightening to people. Because, you know, in our system of justice, you find a crime first. And then you try to prove that someone was responsible for it. Mueller has it completely backwards. He was appointed without a finding that there was a crime, which was probably improper to begin with. And he's got targets, whether he calls them legal targets or not. He's got people he's focusing on, namely Donald Trump and the people around him. And he's going out trying to find crimes. That's not the way it's supposed to happen. No, but you know what? The Attorney General of the United States has the power outside of his recusal, to take back this subject area from the special counsel. There's no question about it. He can say, you know what, Mr. Deputy Attorney General, I'm the Attorney General, and for purposes of matters unrelated to the campaign, to Russian collusion and all the rest of it, we'll keep that in-house. And he can transfer the case to the public, sec- the public integrity section of the criminal division. He can transfer it to the U.S. Attorney in D.C. or Virginia, because they brought cases in both courts. He doesn't have to sit back and watch this, right? That's right, and that's a very important point, because Manafort is being prosecuted for things that have nothing to do with the so-called supposed Russian collusion or campaign interference. These are not subject... These are subject areas that straight career prosecutors at DOJ in whatever the appropriate division is could have prosecuted. I mean, it's money laundering, it's tax violations, it's reporting violations. There is no reason that Robert Mueller needs to be doing this other than the fact that Paul Manafort had the misfortune of associating himself for a very short period of time with Donald Trump in 2016. If Paul Manafort had not done that, he would not be prosecuted right now by Robert Mueller. Who knows if he'd be prosecuted at all? And people may like Paul Manafort or they may not like him as a character, but he's entitled to be treated fairly. And having a special prosecutor put on him to go through his life to try to find crimes that he's done that have nothing to do with why the special prosecutor, um, the uh, special counsel, not special prosecutor, why the special counsel was appointed is very frightening. It's not supposed to be happening. And I agree with you that on issues unrelated to the purpose for which Robert Mueller was appointed, Jeff Sessions should take this away from him because there's no reason Paul Manafort should be prosecuted for several-year-old money laundering alleged violations by Robert Mueller. While I have you here, I want to play an audio, Mr. Producer, the, uh, Trey Gowdy, what Trey Gowdy had to say on CNN today, which I strongly disagree with. We had a federal criminal defense lawyer who agrees with me, and most lawyers do. Um, but you may not. I want you to listen to what Trey Gowdy had to say on CNN today. Cut six. Go. I, I do think you should sit down um, with Special Counsel Mueller. I think he's uniquely well positioned to answer some of the questions that, that not just Special Counsel, but also the American people have. Um, I don't think those terms target versus subject. The only word that matters to me in the criminal justice system is defendant. 
so if you're not a defendant, whether you're the target or whether you're the subject, I, I know the FBI gets really caught up in those two words. Um, as a former federal prosecutor, they're meaningless to me because one witness can take you from being a subject to a target. And, and, until, and, and unless and until you've interviewed everyone and looked at everything, um, no one has been implicated and no one has been exculpated. So um, those words, I read the articles and I just kind of smile because it's meaningless to me. Isn't it risky for the president to sit down with Mueller, Sam? Do I think he will? No, it's isn't risky. it risky? Um, only he knows what he knows. Um, so I would tell you, if you did not rob the bank, there's no reason for you not to sit down and talk to the FBI about the bank robbery. So only he knows what he knows. He's been adamant um, that his campaign did not collude with anyone, including other segments of his campaign, to get out the vote in certain states. So if you've done nothing wrong, I, I, I look, I know I'm in the minority. Most of the so-called legal experts are telling him not to do it. If, if you have nothing to hide, sit down, assuming a fair prosecutor, a fair prosecutor, and I think Mueller is, sit down and tell him what you know. Now, Professor, I find this to be almost absurd. No, in fact, it is absurd. I agree this is, with you it, completely. It, that, go ahead, Professor. I mean, you've got to understand that Donald Trump could go into an interview with Robert Mueller and tell the truth to the best of his recollection. But if he forgets something, if he gets something wrong, if he misremembers, if he forgets to add information, he'll find himself like Scooter Libby did, or you know, charged with the so-called process crime. So if Robert Mueller, there's no information that Robert Mueller needs that is uniquely within the possession of Donald Trump. Robert Mueller has interviewed dozens and dozens of people throughout the White House. I think practically the entire White House staff and campaign has been interviewed. They've had their records subpoenaed. There probably is a lot. Their, their emails are probably all in Mueller's position, uh, possession. Their text messages, everything. There is nothing, zero, that Donald Trump can tell Robert Mueller that Robert Mueller does not have another source for. And if there were such a pearl of information, it could be done by written questions. It does not need to be face-to-face. -face. Because let's face it, Donald Trump is somebody who shoots from the hip. He's not going to worry very much about precise wording. So you can get yourself in trouble criminally with a, an overzealous prosecutor, even if you want to tell the truth, but if you do something which they will call obstruction of justice. It would be insane for Donald Trump voluntarily to sit down and have a, a verbal interview with Robert Mueller's team. I mean, Robert Mueller has put together a team of 13, 14, 15, however many lawyers. They are not there to walk away from this with some petty convictions of Paul Manafort and a couple of other people and Michael Flynn. That's, if that's all they get from this, then Mueller will be considered a failure from the people who want Trump prosecuted. He is there for one reason and one reason only, to catch Donald Trump in something. Trump would be crazy if he goes in to a verbal back and forth with Mueller where the slightest slip of a tongue could be used to claim obstruction of, just, of justice or some other process crime. That's so brilliantly put. And, of course, Mueller and his prosecutors, as you point out, know far more than Trump does. Trump was the candidate. It's not like he was involved in all the particulars. So you could have somebody like this Papadopoulos saying, I met with him, I spoke to him, I did this, that, or the other, and Trump can say, well, I don't remember. They could say, well, I have a video of this, I have this, or that. 
they could twist that, as you're pointing out, and all of a sudden, his back's against the wall. That's right, and and there is no reason for him to be sitting down. And if if I were his counsel, I would tell him, do not do that. If Robert Mueller thinks he has the legal authority to force Donald Trump to sit down with him and answer questions verbally, then let him go to court and get a court ruling to that effect and appeal it and take it up to the Supreme Court if need be. So if you're forced to do it, of course you comply with you know what ultimately the Supreme Court says you have to do. But do not do it voluntarily. And I really hope Donald Trump will not think he can talk his way out of this, not fall for, you know, I generally speaking like Trey Gowdy, but he's so wrong on this one that you, you will never convince a prosecutor who's out to get you that, that you're innocent just by going in and thinking you can talk your way out of it and they'll be nice to you. There's no reason to expect that this will happen. I mean, look what they did to Paul Manafort. There was no reason for them to have raided his home in the early hours of the morning like that. These, you know, there are people on Mueller's staff who are known for being extraordinarily aggressive in their prosecutions and have been, uh, had cases thrown out when that came out. So Donald Trump has to understand that whatever, and verbiage Mueller's office wants to use, whether it's subject or target, he is the target. He is the person that Robert Mueller wants to get. And if Robert Mueller has proof of collusion, assuming it's even criminal, I mean, mere collusion may be bad politically, but it's not necessarily criminal. If Robert Mueller, from all his wiretaps and his intercepts and his subpoenas and his raids, if he's got the information on Trump, he doesn't need Trump's interview for it. And if he doesn't have the information, the only reason he wants Trump to sit down and verbally spar with him is to catch Trump in something. And let, let, me, let me underscore this point. I can't even think of a crime that Donald Trump committed or might have committed under these circumstances. Not one. Not one. So the only reason for him, the, 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 for the prosecutor to have him sit down is to catch him in one of these process deals, right? Exactly, because, again, he could honestly not remember something, and then it gets twisted around. Like Flynn, like General like, Flynn. Like Flynn, that's right, and uh, like Scooter Libby. And, or he could say something in a way which in his mind sounds accurate but might not be technically accurate. That happens to all of us. We mm-hmm. make statements and we make comments, and then we remember something later on that maybe says, oh, I should have been more precise on that. Plus, plus Professor, this guy's already said, the prosecutor, he wants to do something rather extraordinary. He wants to do a report. Not a prosecutor's report to the deputy, a report. And they said in the leak in the Washington Post that it might, in fact, suggest uh, that the president obstructed justice. Okay. Now, the guy's going to do a report. Even more of a reason not to sit down with him. Again, there is nothing that Robert Mueller needs from Donald Trump other than to, in a sense, use that interview to create a crime, to create a crime where someone forgets something or they misstate something. We're all human. It happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, and, and to be, and particularly with someone like Donald Trump, who is a politician now, is a showman in most of his right. career, he will say things that are not precise. And for most people, that would be okay. But in I've, got, I've got to run. Dangerous. This has been uh, excellent, these two segments with you, uh, Bill. And I want to thank you and tell people where to find you. Sure. You can read.
reach us at legalinsurrection.com. Just search Legal Insurrection on Google, and I'm sure you'll find us if they haven't uh, wiped us off the search yet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, God bless. Thank you very, very much. Well, well done. And I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Hillsdale College is educating millions of Americans on freedom and the Constitution, economics, history, other areas through their free online courses. Many of you have taken one. They also teach congressional staff and other leaders constitutional principles at the Hillsdale Kirby Center in Washington, D.C. And I'm sure you've heard how Hillsdale's partnering with charter schools, too, and how every student on their main campus is required to study the Constitution regardless of whether they major in music, chemistry, mathematics, English, or anything else. Oh, I'm sure they do that in all the California colleges, particularly Berkeley. Hillsdale does all this as part of their mission, to help all Americans pursue truth and defend liberty, to help Americans become better citizens, and to preserve freedom. Now they're sending a copy of the Constitution and Declaration to every middle school and high school public school principal in America, along with an offer to provide free copies for every student. Learn how you can help in this crucially important effort and how you can get your own copy of Hillsdale's Pocket Constitution, which you can keep or give away, at levinforhillsdale.com. That's levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. And uh, you ought to check out that website. I have a lot of great information there, too. L-E-V-I-N, Levin for Hillsdale.com. Donna, Frederick, Maryland, the great WMAL. Go. Mark, what an excellent uh, interview. Thank you so much. The thing that's so alarming to me is we have these deep state guys who clearly are representing their swamp with this creating crimes, you know, the whole guilty until proven innocent, if at all. And and I look to... to you know, the Attorney General, and he's somewhat AWOL. So I, my question is, what can we, the people, do to protect our nothing. president, number, number one? Nothing. Hold on now. I'm not going to be a Pollyanna. Nothing. Oh, what can you do? Can I, I can't think of anything. Can you? No, that's why I'm frustrated. And it's like I feel like they're using this to cover up Hillary's crimes. That's what's so deplorable. And it, I circle right back to Trey Gowdy. Uh, what did he do for the Benghazi case? Cause nothing. For some reason, I recall nothing being done about it. Yeah, no, I've pointed that out. Trey Gowdy basically uh, has been a failure. He, what has he accomplished? What has he done other than self-promotion? And now he's hawking a book, which is fine, with Tim Scott, the senator from South Carolina. That's That's fine. But then you hear what he's saying. He's saying the dumbest things I can imagine coming out of a lawyer's mouth. He didn't rob the bank. He didn't sit down and tell me he didn't rob the bank. Well, guess what, Trey? The president didn't collude with anybody. But that's not the question. They're trying to catch him, as uh, professor, as our professor said, and as I've been saying, too. Well, that's what they're doing. Professor Jacobson has said it. I've said it. Dershowitz has said it. Anybody with any common sense understands what's going on here. But the president seems to be adamant. He was asked again today as he was walking away from reporters. He says he'd like to talk to them. Uh, Big mistake. I'll be right back.
here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. There's been a lot written and said about a Democrat candidate running for the Senate in Texas against Senator Ted Cruz. And he's receiving an enormous amount of money, much of it from out of state. I think he's even outraising Senator Cruz. But the guy really is, uh, he's a, uh, well, I'll say it, he's a real punk. And he goes by the name of Beto, B-E-T-O, Beto O'Rourke. And uh, I want you to hear what he had to say yesterday. This is a candidate for for the United States Senate from Texas. Cut nine, go. Let me tell you what the president and our junior senator are doing right now. They want you to be afraid of Mexicans when they call them rapists and criminals and say only a wall will keep them out. When they try to scare you about what Muslims are going to do if you give them the chance to come into this country. And it's Cruz saying we should send police patrols into their neighborhoods. It's Trump saying we should keep them out altogether. When they try to scare you about what a gay couple is going to do if they happen to adopt a child in the state of Texas, where this state still allows discrimination based on sexual orientation. When they try to scare you about the transgender kid who might come into your child's bathroom, even though transgender children are far more often the victims and the perpetrators of violence, they are trying to push you based on fear and paranoia and anxiety and that evan is bull and we got to be bigger and stronger and more courageous than that and i know that we are this guy is basically a uh, he's a zombie this is what all these candidates say now so if you want to secure the border you're against mexicans if you want to keep illegal aliens from coming over the border you're against mexicans you're against people of color If you want to make sure people who are coming to this country from countries that are in deep trouble with civil wars and other battles going on in order to protect the American people of all religions, all races, then you're against Muslims. Then you're against Muslims. If you believe in traditional marriage, then you're a bigot. If you believe a boy should use a boy's room and a girl should use a girl's room, then you're against transgender children. And then, you see, if you stand up for these, what used to be traditional beliefs and values, common sense, you're pushing fear and paranoia and anxiety. Beto O'Rourke is your typical modern Democrat candidate. Spewing poison, dividing the nation, and a radical. They reject American principles and traditions, and they insist on calling their opponents racists and xenophobes and this, that, and the other. I cannot believe and I will not believe that the people of Texas will fall for this. Because this is blatant demagoguery, blatant demagoguery and I I guess it pays 
Now, there's a representative in Arizona. He's another radical by the name of Ruben Gallego. He's a real nasty character, this guy, real leftist. And I think you understand this. When they attack Trump on the issue of immigration, and they are attacking him as a racist, and he's anti-Muslim, and he's anti-Mexican, and he wants white supremacy and all the rest of this BS, they're attacking you, folks. That's who they believe you are. And they believe that Trump is your voice. That's what they believe he is. But more than that, that's what they believe you are. The base. He's trying to appeal to the base. And the base is what? Bigots, racists, white supremacists. The Democrat Party has completely given up on a huge number of American citizens. They don't even try and persuade you to support their positions or to support their candidates. It's brass knuckle time all the time. Ruben Gallego, Democrat, Arizona. Cut 11, go. The reason I'm not going to support this is because this is just a political fix for the president because he made a stupid campaign promise over a stupid border wall that Mexico is not going to pay for and Congress doesn't want to fund. So he's just trying to appease his base by, quote unquote, putting troops on the border. When in reality, in the past, troops are not allowed, allowed to arrest anybody. They're not allowed even allowed right, to let, 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 Let's stop. So you see, folks, he's just trying to appease you because you're stupid, you're racist, you're white supremacists. Of course, many of the people who want a border wall are not even white. And of course, they're not racists. And this is the thing that we need to get through. Many of the people who want a border wall want law and order too, who are not white. Many of the people who want a border wall want fairness in our immigration system, who are not white. Many of the people who want a border wall are concerned about drugs pouring over the border and kidnappings and crime and MS-13 and all the rest of it. Do you have to be white to have those views? The Democrat Party has always been a racist party. The Democrat Party was founded in racism. The Democrat Party was aligned with the Klan for decades and decades. Now the Democrat Party, still racist, but has changed its approach, has changed its propaganda, as it changes the voters in this country. And yet it's still about race, always about race, not about Americanism, not about the individual, not about people, race, race. Ruben Galeo. And then he goes on talking about our military. He's trying to appease the base. When Obama called up the National Guard to back up the Border Patrol, was he trying to appease his racist base? George W. Bush did the same thing. In other words, it's not uncommon. It's not unprecedented. Then he points out that the troops are not allowed to arrest anybody, not allowed to have... Loaded weapons. So they, they're going to be doing on the border, they're going to be doing is draining our resources and time from our military, he says. This man never has been a big supporter of the military. But it's not draining our resources from the military. It's not 
distracting the military. If Congress had done its job, including this clown, including this buffoon, none of this would be necessary. But no Congress, Republican or Democrat, in the last 30 years has been willing to secure the southern border. None. None. So as a consequence, we get nut jobs like this who are elected, and now we have an entire political demographic. Listen to me. An entire political demographic that the Democrat Party has decided will be its main constituency group. An entire political demographic that supports open borders and insists on the importation of as many foreigners as possible. Family members, extended family members, various ethnic groups, people from different countries and so forth and so on. Completely destructive of a, of, of a society and the lack of assimilation, completely destructive of a distinct American culture. And for the left out there, if you think what I'm saying is so horrific about this American culture, these people who come into our country are escaping their own cultures. They're escaping their own cultures. They're escaping their own economies. They're escaping their own governments. And yet the left in this country doesn't want assimilation because the Democrat Party and the progressives have to have constant tumult. Constant. Citizens have to be at each other's throats. It has to be constant. Because by dividing us, they succeed. By campaigning on our differences, they succeed. By creating differences, they succeed. Harmony. Harmony is not something the Democrat Party can succeed with or the progressive movement. If people are satisfied and there's harmony, think about it. What the hell point of the Democrat Party is there? Or the progressive movement? What's the point? There isn't any. And so there'll never be any harmony and satisfaction when they're in power. And so they they go on and on and on, finding whatever cause they can, whatever distinction they can find to exploit it. And if they can't find it, they create it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. hate out there on the left, isn't there? There's an enormous amount of hate out there on the left. They don't want to have a debate. They just want to character assassinate. It's pretty much who they are. Let's go to Sharon, Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP. Go! Hello. I wanted to say that I am a uh, a Texan by birth, we're well aware of Bill O'Rourke and the campaign that he's mounting. We believe he's receiving a lot of out-of-state PAC money, and um, we are doing everything we can to keep our our wonderful Senator Cruz in office. I attended our uh, county senatorial convention two weeks ago as elected delegate, and we heard from lots of speakers. And I'm going to be at the convention in San Antonio in June. And we're looking forward to hearing um, 
All right. Um, uh, is is this guy Beto? Uh, is he popular among Democrats? Um, oh yes, he's quite popular among Democrats, as far as I can tell. And of course, you know we have a huge population here that depend on on people like him to feed them all of the lies they want to hear about immigration. And um, so yes, he he seems to be popular. I, I from all the things that I've been able to read from the commentary and editorials and and writers on staff at the Dallas Morning News, they are even saying that he would have a huge hurdle and. Of course, you know, anything can happen. And if he's getting mm-hmm. a lot of money from out-of-state support... Well, if people don't turn out and vote, he'll win. That's, that's, so that can happen. And that's what we're doing. We're getting out. We're trying to get the word out to everyone um, to vote and show up at the polls. And people I know uh, are mounting along with us this fight. So I, I, I think... All right, ma'am. Let's, let's hope so. I appreciate your call. John in San Diego on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hi, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. A long-time uh, listener. I was honored to meet you last August with my brother at the Reagan Library. Great. Thank you, sir. Um, I want to call. I work for U.S. Customs in San Diego, and I kind of want to comment real quick on the caravan that was in the news that's supposedly breaking up. You bet. Um, I uh, don't believe for a second that it is. Uh, we usually see them in much smaller groups, and I just wanted to let everyone know out there that, uh, especially during the Obama administration, that number of asylee applicants exploded and we're starting to see an uptick over the last six to eight months big time well you're probably seeing it because um people are being told that the president proposed 1.8 million um would get citizenship who are here illegally people see the democrats refuse to fund uh, a wall and even worse they're tying the uh, government's hands in terms of protecting us so uh word gets out spreads all across the world, particularly in our hemisphere, and then people say, okay, what the hell? Let's make a run for it. Yes, absolutely, and uh, we're just grateful for uh, the National Guard that's going to be coming down to supplement Border Patrol, and here at uh, at the ports of entry, uh, Secretary Nielsen and President Trump have been pushing for those loopholes to be closed because, as you said, the word's gotten out, and we see rampant uh, uptick in the numbers and a lot of these stories we hear are full of holes and supervisors and fellow officers tell each other that and it's just a real sick joke and we really hope that that help is coming soon all right my friend yeah me too but the republicans uh, proposed a budget and the president signed one that makes it very very difficult to secure this border i'm just telling you the truth the president should have vetoed the bill it makes it very very difficult the president has announced that he wants to get out of Syria. The U.S. needs to get out of Syria once the job with ISIS is finished. And I definitely understand that. It's not that we have a ton of troops in Syria, by the way, but I definitely understand that. But here's a problem with this. We all understand that Iran is our enemy. We all understand that Iran is our enemy. Iran's not getting out of Syria or Iraq or Yemen, or Lebanon. Russia's not getting out of Syria. What happens when there's a vacuum there? Will the Kurds be wiped out? There's Muslims who've been our allies, who have fought side by side with us every minute of every battle we've had in the Middle East since the administration of George W. Bush. What's going to happen to the Kurds? 
This nutjob, Erdogan, the fascist dictator of Turkey, he's now making nice with Iran. He's been making nice with Russia. Russia's going to build him a nuclear power plant. And Turkey's in NATO, by the way. So what's going to happen to the Kurds? Moreover, how will the Iranians be stopped from building this, effectively, this military pathway that they want from Iran into and through Syria on the, on the uh, Israeli border? And what of the government of Lebanon? And what of Egypt? So this is a really intricate web now that's been created. And uh, I'm quite concerned. I don't know what we mean. We're pulling out of Syria. What are we pulling out of Syria? We don't have 10, 50,000, 100,000 troops there. What are we pulling out of Syria? Does that mean we won't use our jet fighters anymore to protect the Kurds who are under attack by the Turks, under attack by the Iranians, under attack by the Syrians? We're just going to leave those people there who fought side by side with the United States military? You must be a neocon. I'm not a neocon. But we have friends and allies who've stood by us. It's not a neocon. But I'm not a code pink Republican either. I'm not a code pink Republican either. So I hope the president knows what he's doing in this regard. I don't know how many assets we have in Syria. Much of that isn't public. But I do know... What happened when Obama and Biden yanked the chain in Iraq, which created ISIS? And the caliphate that they had to create and all the death and mayhem that resulted from that. Folks, you got to take off your hat and your uniform. No, no, I'm a Republican. I mean, I'm an outsider. I mean, I'm a populist. I mean, I'm a nationalist. I mean, I'm a... No. Use your noggin. History can repeat itself, and when it does, it can be very ugly. I'll be right back. Patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Let's go to Lewis, Mississippi, Sirius Satellite. How are you, sir? Hey, pleasure to speak to you, sir. How are you tonight? You too. Thank you. I'm doing well. Thank you. Great. Hey, I uh, recently got back from that uh, region and uh, providing uh, support on a daily basis uh, to Syria. Yes, sir. Uh, providing support to our troops, but we work with them uh, on a, the Kurds on a daily basis. And I can't tell you of a finer group of people that support mm-hmm. us, that want nothing more than our help, are begging for it, that need it. Of all the different places I've been in the world, um, they truly... They're um, wonderful people. Absolutely they're, they're wonderful, wonderful people. people. Yep. Completely, completely different people. Westernized, modernized, mm-hmm. thankful for us, want, want, want our help. And, and I just feel like if, if we, I mean, it, it's one thing to pull out, but to, to completely just leave them without any support. I mean, Assad, his people, the Russians, the Iranians. They'll wipe them the, out. The Turks are, I mean, the Turks are. As you know in the news, I mean, they're, they're already wiping them out, and they're just going to continue to do it. And as soon as we're gone, 
those people will just be high and dry. It's going to be miserable for them. I, this is what concerns me. It's, a, it's time for us to get out. I mean, I don't know what's there. You would know. And, but we're going to take our, our air cover out of there. We're going to take our special forces out of there. We're going to take people who are assisting the Kurds, among others. Uh, I mean, the Kurds have stood by us every step of the way, have they not? Every step of the way. Every step. And I'm, they're, I'm they're concerned about it. They're great people. Um, they want nothing more than to kind of have their, their area back. And um, they would be our true one and only ally, except for Israel over there. And it's a shame. And they're Muslims. Here we have Muslims that we, you know, who who love us, who appreciate us. I'm talking about the people over in the Middle East there. Uh-huh. And, uh, and who bleed for us as we have for them. And I just can't, I can't imagine after World War II or anything like that, you just say, okay, see you, fellas. And, and, and this Erdogan is as low as they come. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call, and thank you for your service. Much appreciated. Let us go to Harrison in New York, the great WABC. Yes, Harrison. Yes, good evening. I go back to the F. Lee Levin days. <laughs> wow, that's like, it's got to be 20 years or more. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember well, and I also remember your Sunday show. Was it Sunday on WABC yes. before you went national? Yeah, that's right. Loyal, loyal listener. Thank anyway, you, buddy. I, uh, I went through, I'm, I'm harking back to your first hour. Mm-hmm. I went through a prosecutor who was doing a fishing expedition who talked me into talking to him because it was not going to cause me any problem. I wasn't, I wasn't a person of interest. I wasn't this. I wasn't that. And before I knew it, I was being prosecuted. And a mm. prosecutor is never fair, just as a defense attorney is never fair. They're an advocate for one side or the other. And the prosecutor's interest is in prosecution and seeking things to prosecute. That's what he's paid for. A defense attorney is paid to defend his client. So if you are in a situation where a prosecutor can turn you into a defendant or turn you into a suspect, the last thing you want to do is talk to the man I know from experience. Donald Trump, don't do it. Don't go anywhere near a prosecutor, particularly one who's red flagged obvious that he wants to, to, to chase you down. He wants to find Well, that's something. the key, isn't it? That's the key. He absolutely will. You're, you're, you're 100% right. He'll trick Trump on his words or something. Trump, Trump is, as Dan Bongino says, Trump is Queen's boy. He says things kind of from the hip, kind of directly, and people understand what he means, but they will go on the specifics of his words, not what he meant. They will find a way to pick it apart and to find something that he may not have even intended in the words that he said. Trump, stay away from this. Don't go anywhere near it. That's all I can say. All right, Harrison. I agree with you. I mean, here we have a prosecutor. We know what what his M.O. is. We know what his M.O. is. You know, there was once an independent counsel before there were special counsel who conducted an investigation for six months back in the 80s. And then he stopped. I wish I could recall his name. Can you believe that, Mr. Producer? For six months he said, there's nothing here. I'm closing shop. 
And that's what he did. And that's obviously what Mueller should have done. He said, look, I don't have any collusion here. You know, this other stuff, maybe Manafort did it, maybe he didn't, but that's up to Justice Department. I'm, I'm, that's not my job. That's not what I was appointed to do. And But Mueller is incapable of that. He's incapable of it. Now, here's a reason why I'm a big fan of Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe System is prepared for anything that gets thrown at it. Even if a storm takes out your power, Simply Safe is ready. Did you hear, Mr. Producer, there may be a snowstorm this weekend? That damn global warming is killing us here on the, on the Northeast. Now, if an intruder cuts your phone line, Simply Safe is ready. Say an intruder destroys your keypad or siren, Simply Safe will still call the authorities and get you all the help you need. And here's what I love about this. Sure, maybe it's overkill. Maybe you don't need to be ready for every worst case scenario. But that's what makes Simply Safe's home security system so great. It is always ready. They don't believe in overkill. They believe in the most comprehensive system that can be imagined. Now, Simply Safe's triple safeguard protection, triple safeguard protection, could cost an arm and a leg, but it doesn't. Instead, they only charge you what's fair. So 24-7 professional security monitoring, just $14.99 a month. $14.99 a month. It was Simply Safe. There's no contracts. No hidden fees. Now, that's why I recommend them to everyone I know. You've got to check it out. Go right now to simplysafemark.com. That's simplysafemark.com to protect your home and family today. Simplysafemark.com. It is great. I just upgraded my system. I really want you to check it out. It's a... It's fabulous. You can do it yourself. There's no drilling, no wiring, no complications. Trust me, if there were, I wouldn't know what the hell I'm doing. It's terrific. Let's go to Bob on Long Island, the great WABC. Go ahead. Yeah, hi, Mark. It's Bob. Uh, hey, I spoke to you last August, <clears throat> I for a call. I'm the fellow who called in regarding climate change. I'm sorry, hey. Bob. I've had about 1,000 callers since then, so I don't remember. Um, I'm the one who lost my daughter, so and I appreciate what you said at the time. But anyway, having said hold on, that, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't want to upset you. I don't. Can you remind me how this happened? No, I, I mentioned um, how my daughter died from an eating, eating disorder, and uh, oh, I now I it. remember, Bob. Okay, anyway, that's me. But but I was calling him regarding uh, Trump, and I guess all the advice he's getting. Yes. And I really don't believe uh, Donald Trump would have gotten to where he is if he was as naive as everyone thinks he is by going. He's never been. He's never been subjected to a criminal investigation. They're totally different. It's not about making deals. It's not about civil suits. Uh, but, but, but believe me, I heard the, the previous caller, and I know uh, he was mentioning how prosecutors are out to prosecute. And believe me, I know that uh, they're not about truth or justice or about winning and I, I don't believe donald trump will go into any interview with i by the way i call Mueller lurch by the way okay. <laughs> to get that out because of that massive but jaw he looks I, like john Kerry. well yeah they both look like lurch you know from the adams family yes that's my little joke there but anyway good. But, uh, i i don't i don't think donald trump's going to go into any interview with uh, with Mueller and be so naive as everyone's su- suggesting he it's might not be. bob it's not a question of being naive do I sound naive to you? Of course not, Mark. You're okay, brilliant. I would never do it. No, and actually, at the end of the day, I don't think Trump will either. 
I'm afraid he will. It's not it's not a question of naivete because uh, my concern is it's a matter of bravado is what it might be. Yeah, but you know how many times and, 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 hold on hold, hold on. Donald Trump can't possibly know what these guys know. He can't. And there's no underlying crime whatsoever. And you heard uh, Professor Jacobson, who was right on. There's only one reason they want to meet with him. And what I'm trying to explain to you and everybody else is they have all the cards. It's stacked. All they have to do is say that he didn't tell the truth, that even though he says he didn't remember, there's a pattern of not remembering, and we're pulling the trigger. We're going to claim obstruction. We're going to claim false statements. We're going to claim perjury, whether or not we're able to indict or not a president. And they're off to the races. So when you're dealing with people like this, it's not a matter of you being naive. It's a matter of you being sharp about this and not walking into the lion's den. I have a couple comments about that. First, I don't think Trump will walk into all right, the lion's but, den. All right, but uh, okay. Okay, Trump's God. What can I tell you? Trump's God. He's the only guy on the face of the earth who can do this and get away with it. Where's Bob? I don't think he's going to talk to him. I really you don't, don't think it's going to happen. Well, if you don't think it's going to happen, then why even? Then what's the point? Well, again, I mean, that's that's my point. Is we're all talking about it as if it is, and I think uh, Trump. Well, we're said, talking about it because he keeps saying he wants to talk to them. When he's asked, yeah, but he's not. How many? He's said a lot of things, and he hasn't actually. Listen, I'm with you. I hope he doesn't. But the reason why we're talking now about this is we're trying to discourage him from doing it. And by the way, <laughs> do you think? Do you think if if um, if they actually indicted Trump on some ridiculous you know, process crime? Well, first of all, there's think- a question on whether or not you can indict a sitting president. The office of I think he can, but the office of legal counsel has taken the position under Democrat and Republican administrations, and that's the little constitutional unit within the Justice Department that serves the Attorney General and the President in terms of constitutional interpretation. And they've said, no, you can't. Do I think they would indict him on a process crime? It doesn't matter, because they're out to impeach him. And Mueller's already said he's, and Mueller's already said he's going to issue a report. He's going to issue an impeachment report. So why would you give him ammunition? I, and I don't, I don't think Trump will. All right, really- Bob. I first of all, it's good to hear from you again, and uh, and I want to preach. I don't know. I want to thank you for your call. We'll be right back. Mark in. You know, we just learned that Saks Fifth Avenue and Lord & Taylor were breached. You ever shop there? Use your credit card? Well, that exposes consumers' financial information, doesn't it? Facebook shared information on tens of millions of users. There have been breaches at FedEx and Equifax and Aetna and Expedia. Nearly every week, personal information is compromised somewhere. And by personal information, I mean people like you, your information. And listen, if you go online or use your credit cards, you're vulnerable. Now, I'm not taking chances. I'm covered by my ID care, and so are my parents. This is a step up. This is why I've embraced this company, my ID care. They're the best. Get covered now for less than 10 bucks a month at myidcare.com. Use promo code MARK, and you'll even get 15% off. 
You know, all these data breaches that are going on, they're not just government to government. You've got these hackers all over the world, all over the world, who are trained. Some work for government, some don't. They want to separate you from your assets, from your bank accounts, from your credit card information, from your pensions. And if you think FEMA or some government entity is going to protect you, you're wrong. You have to protect yourself. Get covered now for less than 10 bucks a month at MyIDCare.com. Use promo code MARK. Again, you'll get 15% off. MyIDCare promo code MARK or this. Call 866-334-3084. That's 866-334-3084 or MyIDCare.com promo code MARK. Now, MyIDCare covers my parents and me from nine types of identity theft and provides a 100% identity recovery guarantee if a customer does fall victim or your money back. You can't get this level of protection anywhere else. Anywhere else. Which is why I now use them. Trust who I trust. Learn more and get 15% off myidcare.com promo code mark. That's myidcare promo code mark or call 866-334-3084. This toll-free line was set up specifically for you and my audience, because many of you are in your cars and so forth. But either way, use our toll-free exclusive number, 866-334-3084. Protect yourselves. Protect yourselves. I do. I don't trust these people, you know, breaking into my accounts. I don't even know who they are. I don't even know how they do it. You need help, you get help. Sarah, Los Angeles, California, the great KRLA. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for taking my call. I'm a prosecutor of 25 years. My husband has been for 30 years, and I know hundreds of others uh, who would never do anything or be involved with anything like what Mueller and Comey have done. Uh, I just want to make the point because I heard your a caller a little while ago say that the prosecutor he dealt with, he believed was unfair. I would never do anything that I believed was not just. And uh, I wanted to make the point because I know you have millions of listeners. It's really important that people understand that prosecutors make it, uh, make integrity and doing the right, just thing to be their utmost responsibility. It's like anything else, isn't it, Sarah? There's good prosecutors and then there's others. Um, but I was compelled to call in because I, I'm sorry that the man had that experience, or uh, if it, if they really, if he really. What did do you think of Mueller? What do you and your husband oh, think of Mueller? Oh, I think it's horrible, absolutely horrible. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, what do you think of Trey Gowdy uh, going on about how the president should uh, subject himself to an interview? I mean, if oh, there's I, no underlying crime, Sarah, you're a prosecutor. If there's no underlying crime. And if this, this special prosecutor has one focus, you know, you, you other folks who are in this business, you got a zillion cases you got to deal with. You know, you have to make decisions. You have to prioritize. This guy's not prioritizing. He's chasing every mouse he can. I agree with you. Um, they've gone off the rails. Um, I'm a conservative, so I have strong opinions about why they've let things go off the rails or why they intended things to go the way they have. I'm afraid, um, you know, I really liked Mr. Gowdy for a long time. I'm disappointed at that uh, comment that he's making. Um, No, I think that the president should not 
uh, mm-hmm. interview. Um, no, that that's my opinion. All right, Sarah. Thank you, and thank you for being a uh, stand-up public official too. Let's go to Jack in Manassas, Virginia, the great WMAL, 12 years old. How are you, Jack? Good. How are you, Mr. Levin? Um, I'm great. Thank you. I'm so happy that I can be on this radio station. Well, thank you. Um, um, I I came on this radio station to talk about my experiences with Mr. Trump in middle school and politics. We we only have about a minute or two, so go right ahead. Okay. Um, Students at my school like to make posters about open borders and like to make rallies and just start a bunch of business at my school. I think it's really weird and stupid. So, um, well, that's cause you're I, one of the smarter students. Yeah. Um, I, I tell them if, if you're so into open borders, why don't you just ask your parents to unlock your doors at night? Mm-hmm. to just let everyone in. Um, mm-hmm. and just, it's just amazing to me the propaganda that goes on in our government-run schools, and to have a young man like you stand up to it is really impressive. Thank you, Jack. God bless you. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Folks, check out Levin TV, and I'll see you tomorrow. God bless and be well. <laughs>